Down Syndrome Queensland are the peak body for intellectual disability in Queensland. We drive change, support inclusion and are on a quest for equality so that people with intellectual disabilities can take their rightful place as valuable members of the community. Down Syndrome Queensland also provides practical and emotional support, comfort and opportunities to people with intellectual disability, their families and support networks, particularly in regional areas. DSQ supports an inclusive environment for people with an intellectual disability, which allows them to live their best lives. We believe it is important to respect the rights of parents to choose the development path that is best for their loved one. DSQ is here to support them along the way. To find out more about how you can help, to volunteer or to support the work of Down Syndrome Queensland, go to downsyndrome.org.au forward slash QLD. We acknowledge the First Nations people as the traditional custodians of the land we are on today. We acknowledge and pay respect to all elders past, present and emerging. The Now and the Future podcast is an exciting way of sharing members' stories of opportunities, challenges and provide support and expert advice for Down Syndrome community. Down Syndrome Queensland's vision is to support, advocate for empower people with Down Syndrome to take their rightful places as valuable and contributing members of their community both now and in the future. Hi everyone, it's Michael Harrison from Down Syndrome Queensland again. Today we have part two of our men's health discussion with former Brisbane Broncos, Queensland Maroon and international rugby league player Darius Boyd and Michael Crutcher, former editor of Queensland's Career Mail newspaper, now CEO of the communications company 55 Comms. If you missed part one of this discussion, I'd strongly encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode. It is definitely worth it. So without further ado, Let's pick up the conversation with Darius and Michael in part two of the Now and the Future's Men's Health podcast. So, was it 2015 you had your first child? Was it yeah, it was it? 10 days before yeah. the grand final. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was an interesting time. It was exciting, but then a bit of daunting feeling going, well, if we make it all the way, I think she was due um, the day after the grand final. So, um, Kayla had to make a hard decision to have elected um, cesarean because we just didn't want to um, have those two mm. yeah. coincide yep. and conflict and, and, and have to make you know, a tough decision. So that was something that was really exciting for me and um, and us as a family. And my wife come from a really small family mm. and so challenges in her upbringing as well. So we wanted to start you know, our own family and make a really special mm. one. And you got a few boys, Coach? Yeah, Dubs and Kayla got three girls and we got three boys so our boys are 16 14 and 12 now so a bit older than um the boyd girls but yeah so the the way that changes your life as darb said well i must say when our eldest uh, bill was born it wasn't the same as darius because i think maybe three days after willow was born he played in the prelim final yeah. and scored a try within the first minute so that was a uh, good life the intercept on yeah it was good life as a dad yeah I, I, yeah, the, the change is, is profound and it, and I'm sure, as Darbs has spoken about, for him, that change and what it brought to his life um, and I think for, for anyone, it's, it's, 
it's a joy, but it's also what the hell is going on. I remember that and I, I thought doing your first one was a bit tough because you had to sort of work it all out, but then I realised when the second one came along, um, yeah. boy, one was easy, yeah. one was That's basic yeah. and one of my mates, his wife just had their second baby last week, so I just yeah. said to him on that front, you know, but, but it's it, it's it's a blur. I look at it now, our oldest is in grade 11, it, it's just a blur, you know, mm. the, the speed it goes at is, is, and everyone tells you that, but it is true. It's ridiculous. So being able to savor that time and be yeah. present, like Dub said, the girls won't always want to have him around. Yeah. Um, and just trying to savor that and be present and have some mechanisms to do that, particularly putting phones away and that type of thing, mm. um, that's important around our place. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I've got a daughter who's 18 now and it's the same thing. You know, it's the describe before you know it. Mm. My son who's 16 and he's full of attitude and he's growing up as well very quickly. Mm. Um, but... I just find that you're right. It's that present because you look back and where did it go? And I spent before I started working for DSQ, I was working, I was traveling a lot mm. for work and mm. I was probably away too much. And it's now like, like a lot of parents and a lot of people who probably put too much focus on career. And you look back and think, how much did I miss with that sports yeah. days, concerts, all those sort of things? And you're right, being present at home and actually not, you don't have to have your phone with you every five minutes, you know what yeah. I mean? And the emails don't have to be responded to on weekends, all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, we try to have dinner every night, mm-hmm. sometimes not on weekends, but we try to sit around the dinner table at night, no phones, yeah. and I think even that, even after that 10 or 15 minutes, just mm-hmm. being able to have those conversations, um, you get to see the family dynamic there as well. It's a good check-in on how everyone is doing. Yeah. I just think even those conversations are quite good and, you know, that's also a way I think the kids learn a bit about, you know, how to, how to you know, talk and how to have conversations, but it's always always funny. I mean, I learn far more off my kids than they learn off me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, so I guess the, the big big question I want to put out for you which are more user-friendly, boys or girls? <laughs> oh, I can't say because they don't have the opposite. Oh, you, you tell us. Yeah. <laughs> You're better qualified. Well, I for me, I, mean, I think I always thought, you know, my first one, I thought, oh, I'd love to have a boy just because, yeah. you know, sport and rugby league. Yeah. And, but now that I have three daughters, I really love being a girl dad. Um, sure, I'd love to experience um, having a son. And me yeah. and my wife haven't ruled out having another one yet. But yeah. um, I love the girls. I, I'm an only child. My wife was an only child growing up as well. So... To see three of them, you know, interacting and playing and knowing that um, when I talk about support network and they'll always have each other, I think um, I feel really proud and, and I suppose hopeful for their futures because at the end of the day, whatever they go through and, yeah, life's a roller coaster and they'll have some challenges but they're always going to have each other and, you know, I used to admire some of my best mates growing up that had their brothers, you know, and their you know, siblings around and uh, I hope that they um, really use each other to the best of their advantage and have to make sure that yeah. those three, um, you know, whatever happens in life that they're... They've always got each other and they've got some support around them. Yeah, that's a big thing. It's always having that support. And I always mm. say to my kids, you know, I'll always be there for you. Just just tell me. I'll yeah. always be there. Just tell me. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's a really big thing. But just going back to what you were saying about that being being present and, you mm. know, uh, is there any advice you'd give, for example, yourself, you're on CEO, you're, you're, on, you're on boards, you've got a thousand mm. balls in the air, you've got a lot of stuff going on as well all the time. What advice would you give to dads out there about, being present with their family or anything that they can do to prioritise? I guess for me, I mean, I'm 
as I say, this is for everyone, but I don't personally have social media. I mean, I've got yeah. LinkedIn, but I think that's something that I feel like helps me be present because I'm mm. just not on my phone that much in that sense. But I think the other thing too is just prioritising, you know, time. For example, you know, my schedule fluctuates in different roles that I have, but if I've got a busy week or I'm flying somewhere and I've got a lot on, then I make sure that, well, when's my next gap where mm. I can do some things, you know, for me? Uh, as well as, you know, with family. Because I think the other thing, part too, I always talk about being selfish with their own well-being. I think sometimes it sounds negative, but we, I think we generally have to be selfish sometimes for ourselves because if we're not prioritising us, then mm. how can we add value to the teams that we're in, which might be, you know, your work team, your family team, you know, other you know, community teams you may be involved in. So um, obviously prioritising your own well-being and then, you know, what makes you happy under the day? Is it family? Is it spending time with the kids at the park? Is it mm. going to the movies? Is it... You know, ringing your parents, you know, whatever it may be. So prioritising time is important and making sure wherever you have gaps in your busy schedules as we all get busy that we prioritise things we enjoy and the people we care about and it's important. Yeah. yeah, agree on that. I also find just working out those common interests you have with your kids. So we've got three really different boys. They're three very different personalities. But with each of them I've got something in common that's probably not so much with the other one. Yeah. So just trying to actually work on those those sort of things that we either are both really interested in um, that others mightn't be and, and just talking about those. But like Dub said, having that time where we try to have dinner together at night but also, you know, I'll be at cricket training on Monday night with one of the boys. I know I'll be at, you know, different sports. I, I try to give them a lift to the station every morning. They get, they get the train to school. It's only about a three-minute drive, but even those little things, mm. trying to be present, asking what's happening for the day, those types of things. So just so I know what's going on with them. And, yeah, they're um, – but I, I, I don't know about you, Dubs. So I, I look at I'm, – I'm like you. I don't do much on social media, mm. but I look at what – I try to get my head around their world. And they're just a different world. I'm sure like we were to our parents. Yes. Just such a different world. Yeah. Mm. Um, I try to understand it, but I don't do it very well. Mm. But in the end, we're all, we're all people. So things are important to them, you know, trying to understand those and see if, if we can help at all. Yeah, cool. So I guess just going back to, we, we talked about, you know, the, the pillars and, and mechanisms that we have. And, and in your book, Darius, you mentioned about the five pillars for mental wellness. Um and I'm just going to quickly run through them and then maybe if you can talk us through each of those pillars and, and give some how that impacts you and, and what your how you apply that to, mm-hmm. to life and how people could apply that to the life. So, yeah. to life. so we talked about a support network, empathy, mindfulness, exercise and gratitude. So, and, and I guess for both of you, you know, if we, we'll just go through each one and, and tell us how that can work you know, so, yeah. and what you mean by that. So we start with that, your support network. That's a really important thing. We've talked a bit about that, but mm. tell us the importance of that. Yeah, I think, you know, I learned in the facility that I didn't have a lot of support and I didn't have some of my own doing, some of my childhood trauma and, and, and whatnot too. So I had to grow my support network and realise that, you know, what, a, what what did my circle look like and then who could I trust and I probably needed to add people to it. So that took a bit of time for me to make sure I could find out these people that I could really put in my circle. But at the end of the day, it was really just there to, to support you, whether get advice, you know, mentors, role models, you know, um, father figures or you know different supports other aspects and that could be you know obviously now because I mentioned before I've got you know, crutch and other friends I've got also you know my wife and my, my kids in some aspects um, you know I've got a nurse I still keep in contact from the facility uh, I've got my psychiatrist as well so they're not yeah. just family they're friends they're mentors they're yeah. professionals at the end of the day those people as a combined can give me all different advice 
mm. uh, in different aspects that I need, but they can also celebrate my success when I'm doing well, but they can also mm. pick me up and dust me off yeah. um, when I'm going through a challenge mm. or a change. So I think having those people now, whenever something, you know, the roller coaster of life comes around, which it does, then I feel pretty comfortable and, you know, yeah. a sense of belonging because I have those really core, cool, important people in my life. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, agree completely on that. And, you know, I still got, you know, I'm lucky and talk about being grateful. I've still got mates from school that I, I still see, you know, we, we still do things together. So, but those people, I think, really help you out. You can lean on them, you can ask them for advice, and they generally chart a pretty good course. But, and I've also got people I've only met in the last few years mm. who are very important to me as well. So it's, um, yeah, that network's uh, without it, I think I'd struggle. Yeah. Okay. What about empathy? That's always an important skill to have or an important thing to, to be aware of. How, how does that apply? Yeah, I think obviously just having a kind heart, being there for someone, but it was also framed to me when in the facility around you know, giving back, helping others, so getting out in the community, and I think that was really important for me. So I do a lot of work in mental health and wellbeing space now, one, because um, it helps me in my own story, but two, you know, I love giving back and helping others. It's part of my you know, wellbeing. It's part of helping me be the best version of myself. So... You know, whether it's being here today, hopefully that helps someone that's listening, um, whether that's going out in the community and sharing my story, whether it's doing you know, coaching young kids in rugby league, you know, there's different ways you can help in, other, in, in certain aspects, but it gives me meaning and purpose. I think that's really important. Um, when I didn't have a lot of meaning and purpose or my own role was just football nothing else, then I need to change that. And I think that's been really, really beneficial for, like I said, my own well-being. And if I'm helping someone along the way, then that's amazing as well. Cool. Good. Any thoughts? Empathy, I definitely, especially as a journalist, trying to put yourself in other shoes, trying to work out what's been driving people. It's one of the things you learn quite early, but empathy, um, just putting yourself in someone else's shoes and understanding, you know, why they may be um, acting the way they are or what, what their hopes are. Um, I, I agree completely on that. Yeah. Uh, mindfulness. Tell us what about that one. Yeah, I think that was a good one when you talk about um, being in the present moment, being here and now, especially when we were talking about kids before, but I think just in general, whether that's at work, you know, home life, whether it's, you know, at work, you want to be, you know, be able to concentrate and be motivated, task at hand, which is really important for whatever role we have at work. And then when you go home, you want to leave work at work and go home, be present Mm -hmm. with your your wife or kids or, you know, partners and whatnot. So, and mindfulness is just practicing how do we be present in those moments, um, in individual moments, because that's really, really important. So, and the facility had yoga would open up mm-hmm. a lot about breath work um, and talked about grounding techniques as well um, there's other ways you can frame mindfulness it might be reading a book it might be listening to music but there are some ways that you can kind of just detach from stress and pressure in life maybe you're thinking about you know mm-hmm. last week or maybe you got a deadline at work coming up next week maybe someone was mean mm-hmm. or you know crucified you on social media how do we get that out of our head and focus mm-hmm. on the present task at the moment sometimes like I said podcasts you know reading a mm-hmm. book music Know, yoga, breath work, mm. grounding mm. techniques, so many different ways, whatever works for you. But again, being present is really, really important. Yeah, I, this one I really got to work at um, when I look sort of outside the kids in particular. Yeah. You know, my wife, Ainsley, is really good at this. Darbs is really good at this. And I find outside of spending time with the kids, which I've got to improve all the time, it's yeah. always a work for me. I look at Darbs as five points to good mental health and this one is the one I've got to be so, you know, uh, careful with that mindfulness, being able to switch off in particular uh, and being able to focus on what's there. So it's a, this is a constant work in progress for me. Oh, I agree with that because I'm like that. It's hard to switch off when things are going on. And, and I find that even 
this morning. You know, you're sitting having a conversation with something, but your mind is, oh, I've got this podcast on today. I need to get <laughs> yeah. to think about that. So it's um, it's one that I think a lot of people need to work on. We all need to work on. I agree. On. It's probably my one I struggled the most as well. I think it's one of the ones that it probably needs more work than any of them, to be honest, because like you said, we've got so many, and we, yeah. when we do have you know, so many aspects that make us up, that means we've got, you know, six or seven things to be thinking about that we've got to be on top of, picking up the yeah. kids, mowing the lawn, paying that bill, you know, going to work, yeah. you know, yeah. saying that, having that conversation, sending that email, yeah. you know, so it's, we've always got these things yeah. and detaching and, and that balance is always going to be a challenge. Cool. Exercise, that's one that we could all probably do a bit more of, um, but it's, the benefits are huge, right? Yeah, well, I think um, I learned that in the facility and I probably took it for granted a little bit as a professional athlete, you know, exercise and just health in general, mm-hmm. diet and sleep probably add to, the, to both of those as well, but took it for granted because I got paid to do that. That was my job. You know, mm-hmm. I got fed breakfast, fed lunch, um, you're running around, you're mm-hmm. doing gym, you get physio treatment, massages, mm-hmm. hot and cold ice baths and you go home just to do dinner and come back and do it again. <laughs> yeah, so, right. you know, I should be, should have been, you know, the healthiest, physically yeah. healthy anyway and I was at uh, my time of challenge and, and my mental health journey but um, I've realised since finishing rugby league that you know I still need to be on top of those things I try to keep a similar routine um, training three or four times a week and you know uh, having a really good diet and you know want to splurge on the weekend and have yeah. you know um, KFC or yeah. other things then that, that's okay it's just been about uh, understanding what works for you what mm. the routine looks like but making sure you're moving your body and that doesn't have to be you know, a triathlon or, you know, doing something crazy, going mm. to the gym, lifting heavy weights. It might be parking a little bit further away from work and just walking in. It might mm. be taking stairs instead of a lift. It mm. might be playing with your kids after work, you know, at, at the park. Might walk on the dog down the mm. local store, go, go and get a walk and get a coffee. So going for a swim at the beach. Like, there's different ways we can be healthy and exercise in that sense, but making sure we prioritise you know, a bit mm. of movement each day is important. Yeah, yeah I really find this important. I've... Uh, for the last, I don't know, 15 years, we've played in the same touch footy team on a Wednesday night, oh, which yes. is a D-grade touch footy team, which Darbs <laughs> keeps promising he'll come and play in, but we're yet to see him. Yeah. We'd even set him up with a couple of nice balls too, but Andrew McCulloch played for us last oh, year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeez. He went okay, Macca too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had a guest Still appearance. Yeah. So, uh, But even that, I mean, that, that's that's important, being able to do that. I often will try and go for, squeeze a run in for 20 minutes. I quite like running. But like Dub says, walk the dogs every night, you know, for 20 minutes. Just yeah. get out. And I, I find I need to exercise. And if I haven't for a few days, I, I feel it. So I, I try to do something at least daily, even if it's only for 15 minutes. I sometimes come out of the office and I'll do a five-minute walk around the block, just freeze my mind up. But so um, I need to get out and, mo- and move. But exercise is one of those things, the more you do, the more you want to do, the less you do, the mm. less you want to do, right? So you just need yeah. to keep that routine up, is mm. that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. Um, and last one, gratitude. We spoke about the journal um, that you did, which I, I've heard a lot of people talk about how good that is, but tell us a bit about gratitude. Yeah, also in the facility in particular, getting any kind of book, and on the very first page, which I didn't mention before, but writing down everything you're grateful for on that page, you know, in your life up until this point. So then it's a constant reminder of every time you open that book, you're just looking at all these things you're grateful for. And again, that will be individual and different for everyone. Um, and then three, you know, for at least three weeks, 21 days, and that was what the program was at the facility, writing three things down each and every day, you know, you're grateful for. And again, that could be, it will be different individual. It might be having a coffee with a friend. It might be going to, you know, a great working environment. It might be, um, you know, knocking off at three o'clock and, you know, yeah. getting to spend time with kids. It might be mm. able to drop your kids off at school and, and whatever. So... Anything that you're grateful for each and every day, at least three weeks. Um, you know, I now ask my daughter when I pick her up from school. Um, you know, I talk about you know, learning you know, gratitude. I didn't really 
comprehend and understand it until I was 27. You know, now I'm trying to teach my six, seven-year-old daughter yeah. and tell me three things you're great for and I'll make sure that um, only one thing can be about food because she'll, yeah. she'll say, <laughs> touch shop, uh, sushi yeah. and my apple juice. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, just understanding, you know, what gratitude is, yeah. making sure we're practicing it. And then, by, you know, I've got into a period now where, you know, the life event will happen, something that will challenge me and I don't have to write in my journal anymore. I've gotten to that point where it's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, that didn't go well at work. I didn't like how that panned mm-hmm. out, but hey, I've still got my wife and kids and mm-hmm. everyone's happy and healthy and um, that's enough for mm-hmm. me, you know. So yeah. just p- putting into context, having mm-hmm. perspective and gratitude is you know, really, really important for uh, our mental health and our mindset as well. Cool. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on that. I, I was like it at the Broncos when the players go at Red Hill from the uh, – I guess the dressing room out into the training field, they walk past walk past a corridor and on one of those walls is the word gratitude in really big writing. It's a it's a wonderful thing. You think, yeah, and we've I mean, look at the part of the world we live in, you do a bit of travel and you realise, you know, even being around here in Australia and I mean we've always got things to be grateful for. So yeah, bad day, but you know, there's things that you've you know, that you can be thankful for. I, I think it's it's a it's a great way to you know improve your mental health. Yeah, fantastic. So it's some really cool stuff that we've covered today. Some really um, good good helpful stuff. But we're going to finish up today. Um, get you guys both to give us give us a tip, something to take away with us um, about how we can better ourselves dealing with anxiety when things get overwhelming. Um, we've covered a lot, but to summarise it all into one little tip, what would you suggest for people? I think just um, sometimes you need to be selfish to get the best out of you and, and help everyone around you. I think prioritise your own well-being, be selfish, you know, look after you first and foremost because then when you do do that, you are able to add value to all other people and uh, contexts in your life. So I think if you need to be selfish and work on some of those tips we just mentioned, your support network or gratitude, you need to have time, you know, half an hour for a bit of exercise, whatever that may be, then make sure you do you know, prioritise it. And then the last part is if you are struggling, you're going through a challenge or a change, then you know, put your hand up, ask for help, you know, whether that's you know, through a family member or a friend, um, someone you know, in your circle, whether that's professional help. Because um, you know, I know the change in me, I, I struggled for a long period of time without okay. asking for help. Uh, I wish I did it 10 years before I did, yeah. uh, but I'm glad I made, made the change and asked for it when I did. And uh, my life you know, changed a lot you know, since then. And you know, sure, I have down days and dark moments that's that we all do but I feel like um, those moments used to be you know a lot you know months and, and weeks and now they're probably days and hours I think that's yeah. the key is that you're not going to take uh, any of this the challenges away but just shorten mm. those processes and, and those periods and we're going to be in a better place um, more often than not so reach out for help prioritise your own well-being find out the strategies that work for you mm-hmm. um, maybe in good cool. yeah I find and that's Darbs' words are fantastic, and uh, I can't top them in that field. I, I like the um, benefits of having multiple interests, and whether that be, you know, following sport or uh, being interested in some craft or something like that, some hobby that's that, that 
it takes away, you know, it always means you've got something going okay in your life, I think, if you've got those multiple interests and you can focus on them. Um, and I don't mean social media being an interest. So yeah. I barely post on social media because I find it all pretty fake. You know, if you go on social media, everyone's having a great life. And, yeah. you know, you know, as um, someone said to me once, who puts a bad photo of themselves on social media? You know, so I tend to stay away from that. But read things, get interested, talk to people. I just find interests are, uh, you know, you've always got something to look forward to when you've got multiple interests and it doesn't have to be you um, going out, getting involved in something. It can be you observing and taking, um, you know, interest through reading, whatever. Yeah. Like, but th- that spreading that enthusiasm is, uh, is a way that it's, it's helped me a lot over the years. Yeah, fantastic. So that, that kind of covers what we wanted to knock off for International Men's Day. I just want to take this opportunity to thank you. Thank you both for coming in today. It's been a really beneficial discussion and I know I've got a lot out of it myself um, and I'll be taking away a few points to do a bit of homework myself on you know, improving myself and also yeah, being selfish. Gratitude is the big thing as well. That's a really big point. So I just want to thank you on behalf of everyone down syndrome Queensland. We really appreciate you coming today and sharing some of your thoughts with us. Great. All right, thank you. Thank you, mate. At the Now in the Future podcast, we would love to hear your thoughts and questions as a way of continuing to provide essential information for the community. If you have a question or would like any more information on any of our episodes or have any ideas for future episodes, simply send us an email to engagement at downsyndromeqld.org.au. That's engagement at downsyndromeqld.org.au. And we'll do our best to provide you with the information you require in one of our upcoming episodes. The Now in the Future podcast aims to support, advocate for and empower people with Down syndrome both now and into the future. You have been listening to the Now and the Future podcast. For more information about this episode and many other topics related to Down syndrome, please visit the Dyson Drone Queensland website at dysondrome.org.ie slash QRD. Dyson Drone Queensland supporting people with Dyson Drone now and into the future.